Welcome to The Chat. My name is Leah Tsamaglu. Each week on The Chat, we shine a light on the lives and careers of UTS alumni here at the 2SER studios. This week, my guest on the show is James Gulliver Hancock. He's an illustrator and he's released several books, most notably All the Buildings in New York and The Travel Bug. James is also the artist in residence this month at Rose Seidler House. Let's have a listen to his story. Tell me about your childhood. Where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in Sydney in Balmain. Yeah. yeah. And um, my parents aren't particularly creative. My mum's a psychologist. Dad's a solicitor. And I don't know where my creative bent came from. Maybe some distant cousins. <laughs> but I was always drawing and stuff with myself and with my brother and stuff. Actually, did you hang out with like that Balmain crew, though? I think I heard that in the interview yeah. um, that you did with Barry. So, you know, like Josh Pike and mm-hmm. did you grow up with like Holly Throsby and all those yeah. musician people? So Balmain, Balmain, it was kind of like an idyllic little inner city village, you know, because yeah. it's, it's a peninsula. Every I had a, like a street uh, and every friend was on every street, you know. Um, so Josh Pike was around the corner near my primary school and then another friend was down the road. And yeah, Holly Throsby worked in the video shop and you know, it was kind of hilarious. <laughs> That's lovely. It's like a hub of creative activity from back in the, when, like 80s, 90s era? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. And is Gulliver your middle name? Yeah. Where did it come from? Uh, everyone thinks so. I, I even thought it came from Gulliver's Travels, yeah. the famous book. Um, but I later found out that my dad named me after a film that he'd seen called uh, The Horse's Mouth with yeah. Alec Guinness. And yeah. the character in that's called Gully Jimson, so oh. Gulliver James and... He switched it around to be James Gulliver. That's yeah. lovely. But he's still a traveling kind of vagabondy kind of character, but way more. He's an artist, basically, and Gulliver's in Gulliver's Travels just insane. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what were you like as a child? Were you always drawing? There's a story I read that um, when you're in kindergarten that you became mm. fixated in drawing this complex image and you had to put everything in it. Could you explain what? Yeah, I mean, I remember in preschool you had like activities you know you got to do a bit of puzzles a bit of um i don't know connecting things and then do a bit of whatever else and there was a drawing station and i just discovered that and didn't want to do anything else so i just came up with the most complex thing i could think of which was the sort of cross section of this village and all the people inside and the spiders between it and the foundations underneath and Therefore, I could just draw all day and I didn't have to do anything else. I'm still using that technique to this day. I just Absolutely. draw complicated things so I don't have to do anything else. Do you still have that drawing from kindergarten, from preschool? It's somewhere in my mum's attic. I haven't found it yet. I've dug a few times, but it requires a full attic, you know, reshuffle to find it. And so from like all throughout primary school, high school, did you ever think that you'd, were you pretty much like on the path? You were like, I'm going to be an artist. I'm going to be an illustrator. Is that what you always had in mind? Or did you think, oh, I might become an architect or a lawyer or something? Was it always, were you always fixated on drawing? Yeah, I always knew it was visual. You know, I, I really enjoyed drawing. I'd always like copy Garfield cartoons and trace you know, BMW logos and yep. stuff. Um, 
and I did lots of that stuff in high school. You know, I chose to do like tech drawing, and, ah, yes. um, engineering science, anything that involved a pencil somehow. Um, even sort of physics and engineering sort of went that way a bit. You know, you have to yeah. sort of draw planes and things. Of course. Um, so there was sort of a period where I did go to Sydney Uni and look at the aerospace sort of you know, engineering-y kind of vibes. Um, oh, nice. Interesting. The, what's it called? The When the wind goes over things. Aerodynamics and that kind of thing was interesting to me. I'm still interested in that, yeah. and I do a lot of kids' books now about that, which is funny. But I didn't really know illustration was a thing that you could do as a career, you know? Yeah. I didn't sort of put two and two together with kids' books and stuff. Of course. So that didn't come until after university. You know, I, I knew I really wanted to do be at UTS and do VizCom. That was my drive and luckily I got in it was great I just had something to work towards and and got there which was awesome why um, why this particular course visual communications at um, I think because it was broad you know yeah. it wasn't like um, graphic design or just photography or just visual art you know you could do all of those things and I even did some electives at Kofa while I was here oh, you know and nice. skipped over there and did really free drawing and stuff and blew everyone's mind over there because I thought about it quite differently as a designer um, but yeah it was just that flexibility of all visual things in one which is really what I knew I wanted to get into and it wasn't until like five years after uni that I just focused on illustration I always did like animation and web design and everything oh we'll talk about a bit a little bit about that um later what about your parents did they encourage you to pursue art they did they yeah they discourage they didn't say you know you're never gonna find a job as an artist uh, no they didn't <laughs> definitely didn't I don't I feel like they didn't discourage or encourage yeah. they were just great parents you know that's like I'm I've got a five-year-old now, and I think we're the same. You know, it's yeah. just they do a drawing, and it's awesome. You say it's awesome. You don't yeah. go, oh, don't do that drawing. Drawing's a waste of time. You know, of they were just like that, and I think I just had a drive to do it. You know, I just wanted to make things and show things to people. Tell me about your time at UTS. Do you have any particular memories, or is it strange being back here as well, being as a tutor? Yeah, definitely, it's definitely <laughs> strange. It's you know, a lot of it's the same, but a lot yeah. of it's very different. You know, it's, buildings have changed and stuff, but. Um, you know, the way they teach in the course, VizCom that I'm in, it still has that feeling of you don't really know what you're doing, but you're doing something awesome. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Sometimes, especially first year that I'm teaching, it's quite fluid and organic. We sort of spend a lot of time trying to explain what we're trying to teach, but and a lot of the that's what I remember the most, being lot, amazing. And a lot of the architecture has changed a little bit as well since Yeah, definitely. Gone. Lots of exciting <laughs> buildings and things. Have yeah. you sketched some of it? Like the, the, yeah, I went the, down and did the Gary the one Gary and stuff. One, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And when you you received the university medal, that's very impressive. Congratulations. I, guess. I mean, <laughs> I feel like it's maybe a bit more relevant to someone doing something super technical yeah. like heart surgery or something. You know, you're going to be the heart surgeon. When it's something creative, it's sure, I, you know, it's it's a reward for being quite conscientious and yeah. stuff, which I was. And I, 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 I've sort of used that in my career, that, that level of obsession of doing things. You know, I don't sort of do things by halves you know if yeah. i get a project i make like a massive amount of material to use within that project it's not like i just do one drawing and give it to the client mm -hmm. so it's that i think it's that it was maybe a reward for that kind of level of focus that's just innate in me i'm just i guess that's my talent i suppose you're most known for your illustrations of buildings like um the terraces and brownstones um we'll talk about the yeah. book that you published um all the buildings in new york in a minute but i wanted to start by asking you about the buildings that you choose to draw, a lot of them are residential sort of apartment buildings. Why? What is it about these buildings that attract you to it? Well, the whole project started in New York when I was living yeah. there and I really wanted to understand that place better. Like we moved there and it's hard not to just be a tourist and just yeah. walk around going, oh my God, all the time. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I really wanted to sort of 
stop. Like we were there for sort of two and a bit years in the end and I wanted to be able to soak in as much as possible. And taking photos or just being in wonder all the time doesn't really help that. So sitting and drawing in front of places was a way to really ingrain myself in the place. And I didn't want to just draw, like I did draw the Chrysler and the Empire State and all that, but I also wanted to focus on the places people live, the everyday, you know, the corner stores and little funny restaurants that I went to and friends' houses. So I really had a real map of the place, you know. And the books sort of reflect that too. I try to get half famous and half non-famous buildings you know so it's meant to be like a diary kind of thing of course what is it about new york that you can't find anywhere else in the world do you think i don't know i mean i was going to say density off the cuff but there's a lot of dense other dense places but they're also exciting you know like you think of hong kong or i don't know paris is pretty dense um uh lots of chinese other chinese cities are massively dense too we've been to shanghai recently that was the same and they have the similar kind of level of experience where you the minute you step out it's fascinating you know mm. you could almost just not even take any steps and just stand there and be in awe like whereas if you go to somewhere like la or you know a lot of parts of sydney you step out your door and it's like you might see one grandma with a <laughs> shopping cart walk past in an hour you know yeah. it's not that amazing i mean you can pull amazingness out of that but new york and other that places that have that density are just sort of in your face straight away it's kind of amazing do you have a favorite building in new york no just no? the you know whatever i'm in front of at the time you know yep. you fall in love with the thing that you're drawing even if it's not a building you know if you're drawing yeah. a bus or a trash can or a bicycle you know i feel that there's a pretty intimate relationship between you and the thing while you're drawing it and buildings are like that too they're so full of character especially brownstones and terraces and stuff absolutely and are you drawn to particular buildings by say an era like do you like the art deco or the modernist style or or is it just yeah i mean when i started the project i was totally into art deco and stuff Mm. you know and and pre things with a lot of funny little details you know And, and especially when you draw like a brownstone or like a terrace here even if they're repeated there's different details on each one you know that when you start drawing it you see they're all slightly different and they each have a little character but as i drew more and more buildings i came to be more interested in architecture i guess and things like brutalism which people tend to hate became quite fascinating to me and that sort of its part its part in sort of the city planning was kind of fascinating how they messed with that a bit and it makes you feel uncomfortable um so yeah i mean my understanding and appreciation of architecture has grown by drawing it and did you ever take like photos of buildings and then draw them later, or do you have to always be there in the moment? I do both. Illustrating, yeah. yeah. It's nice to stand in front of things, but it's sometimes yeah. it's hard when it's <laughs> snowing or yeah. you know you have to go somewhere with your five year old or whatever. You just snap something on your phone and draw it later, um, or even just remember the the place and look it up on the internet later. You know, there's almost like a picture of every building in the world now. It seems like you That's know. True. And if I mean there is on Google Maps obviously, but even other photos it's it's pretty easy to virtually walk around anywhere now. And your style is very sort of animated the way that you um capture these buildings. How has that developed over time? Is it is it sort of been consistent? Yeah. That? I mean, I've always had a even back in high school when I was doing the technical drawing yeah. thing, I always wanted to fold that in with being really messy, you know, mm. it's sort of a bit of both. So my drawings of buildings are definitely a little bit wabi-sabi, if you know that Japanese yep. ceramics term, where there's nothing should be perfect, you know, it's all got to have a little bit of wobble to it. So I think that's kind of always been a core belief of mine, whether I do it just unconsciously or not, I don't know. Is that why you, you don't think you studied architecture? 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I could I could have gone there, but I think I would have maybe had a few more psychological issues drawing straight lines all day. I wouldn't have had the little bit of funk in there that means it's a bit more true to the self, you know. But you are interested in architecture. That's what's really yeah. fascinating about and you. And architects love my drawings too. Yeah, you know? so I can it's imagine. It's sort of a reinterpretation of it. It's have you collaborated with architects before in the past? I've done drawings for them. I don't know if we've really collaborated. Yeah. I mean, I've done some like artist impressions, that kind of vibe yeah. stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'd never want to give one of my drawings to a, a builder or anything. No. Be, you know, maybe me and Gaudi's yeah, builders or something. Yeah, I was about to say, you know, it could, could be a Gaudi. A bit yeah. wonky, it'd be all right. <laughs> um, also, I want to talk about your use of typography um, in your illustrations. Mm. It's kind of the playful style of your your illustrations. How's that adapted over time do you think the the typography is like as important as the illustration yeah I, th- I mean the drawing typography really came out of fearing choosing type you know <laughs> you start to go oh, i need a font to write this letter Fair enough. and you go down the list and it's like oh my god there's just you start oh that one looks right that one looks all right too and you just it's infinite it feels like so i just started drawing them because then it's you own it straight away you know it's my handwriting it's my thing and it fits in with my drawing you know you don't have to sort of fit the type you find with your drawing um but yeah i think type is really important to communicate it too just keeping it all in the same world and playing with fonts is just fun i've always traced fonts as a kid and stuff it's do you think it can hinder an image sometimes or or do you work with it in the way that it's always Having information on the page, I mean. Yeah, but also that it could either take away from the image Mm. or that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, the minute you put type on something, people read it. (laughs) It's like, whereas if you don't, they're forced to sort of draw, pull out of the image, whatever they can. Um, And I do both, you know. Sometimes I do drawings and it's just the image and sometimes I do a drawing and there's heaps of type around, lots of information. Mm. I've done these explanatory ones about uh, architecture types in Sydney, like... um, terrace houses, semi-detached houses, different types, and it's got, you know, where they came from and how they got developed in their time period and why and things like that. And I think that information is really interesting because you can't access that just looking on the street. Absolutely. And your maps as well. And that, and, and that fits of... into, it's all sort of educational yeah. in a way, you know, fun education. Yeah. I'm really into that, you <laughs> yeah. know, like especially for any age group too, you know, from kids doing little flat books to adult textbooks that have more interesting graphs that I've illustrated and make them want to engage with them, you know. And essentially, it's visual communications. Yeah, That's totally. That's exactly what it comes what down it to. Yeah. Yeah. I love doing diagrams. You know how I did a bicycle book recently, yeah. how to change a, a flat tire, and it's like arrows going to certain things and look at this and don't do that. And You can say there's like layers of information. You can read the text and get detailed information. You can see the ha- where the hand goes on the on the tire yeah. through the illustration. And, yeah. That's great. Um how long does it take you to draw, say, for example, like one of the buildings? And how do you work? Are you sort of, is it a combination of like hand drawing and Wacom? Or how do you, yeah, how, what's your process? Uh, it's usually really rough at the beginning if I'm doing stuff that has to be quite finished at the mm-hmm. end, like for a client or whatever. Yeah. So I'll do a rough idea and we'll talk about it and then yeah. I'll sort of refine it up. But when I'm doing like something for me, like a, a building drawing, I'll just go straight in. Like yeah. I'll see a building on the street and fall in love with the windows, say, and I'll just literally start drawing one of the windows and it'll just expand from there onto the page. In pen or pencil? In pen. <laughs> um, no, I don't so have... Go straight in? Yeah, no, like that's what I kind of try and teach when we're doing drawing. Yeah. You know? There's no mistakes and the, don't bring an eraser. Just kind yeah. of get... If you make if you really hate it, just start another one. You know? yeah. it's Paper and pens are cheap. Just enjoy it. And the mistakes 
say a lot about the moment in time that you drew. You know, there's a lot of information in getting things wrong. I think it's quite interesting. If you want to get it perfect, just take a photo. You, know, you don't need to stand there drawing something <laughs> perfect. We've got that. And how do you then transfer that uh, digitally? Yeah, so normally I'll draw it in pen and then just scan it in and then yeah, use a Wacom tablet to color it in behind. An Illustrator, is that the main? Photoshop. Photoshop, yeah. Yep. But it's super basic. I, yep. I do a lot of screen printing, so yep. I just keep it in, it's like two layers, literally. It's like the color layer and the ink layer on top and that's oh, it. cool. There's no like fancy Photoshop stuff. So then you you do screen printing as well? Yeah, so sometimes I'll break the image down into colors, which yep. is easy because they're all separated. Yep. You just have the black layer, and then if it's one or two colors, you separate them out and print the film out and make the screen. You're listening to The Chat on 2SCR 107.3. My name is Leah Summerglue, and I'm talking to illustrator James Gulliver Hancock. It seems like you're very attracted to those particular styles of houses, The I guess the really ornate Victorian details. Mm. Is that something like, do you reckon, from your childhood, growing up in Balmain, there, yeah, there are some terraces around there yeah. that you... Yeah, and I've, everyone's done a share house in a terrace sure. at some point, it feels like, infested <laughs> with cockroaches or not, you know? Um, and yeah, I mean, they're beautiful. The, all the ironwork that's got all those little patterns that are, like I said, all different to each one and that kind of layout. I mean, it was interesting in New York getting to know brownstones and how they work and how they were originally one family and then got split up and now they've got these weird sort of railroad apartments that don't have any hallways and stuff. Yeah. There's all this sort of reuse that's kind of interesting of those spaces too. And is it something also um, to do with the symmetry that you're attracted to? Do you like yeah, maybe repetition with, and stuff with yeah. symmetry? Because mm. yeah. I've noticed that with your or, do, or more repetition, I think. Repetition. Like the fact you go to a street and there's like dig 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 next yeah. to each other, you know. And same in England, my auntie lives on a street that's um, exactly the same houses for you know 500 meters or whatever. It's it's. How do you? I like that somehow. It's sort of some sort of fractal or something. You know? Oh, so you like that? So you you kind of like the? I guess I like to draw it. I don't you know like whether I like it. it. Yeah. What do you to think interact about with that? it as a person in a city? You know? Yeah. Or and even that, live like. Yeah, it's very to, strange walking down. It's like you're in it would be very Inception or something. You know, it's like this sort of white folded onto itself of all these. You, you sort of lose direction quite easily because there's no landmarks and stuff. Of course. So tell me about a little bit about the commercial work that you've done. You've worked for the New York Times, eBay and PayPal, Sydney Opera House, Coca-Cola. Lots of people. Yeah, lots of people. Has there been a highlight in any of the commercial stuff that you've worked with? I'm talking about a job in a lecture today yeah. here at UTS about um, one of the early bigger jobs I got for Herman Miller. They wanted to do a book um, talking about how to use buildings or how to build buildings in a way that could be more flexible. And it was really like a university brief, and you don't get those yeah. very often. You know, they came to me with like a few sentences, and were like, "Yeah, just play with this idea, and let's see what happens." You know, it was they really gave me not very much to go on, and I really got to have fun with it. It was great. It was architecture based, so I was drawing buildings and stuff, which I liked. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I did how- a lot of collage and a lot of, you know, just collating funny drawings that I'd made, and we back and forth a lot, and they made like a library out of it. It was really cute. That's awesome. So it was kind of like a how to build. Yeah, it was like a, a building, like yeah, a, ma- a manual for a new way of making buildings that are adaptable to change. Wow. Yeah, and Herman, you know, I was just so excited to get a brief from Herman Miller, yeah. which are, you know, the Eames chairs we all know and love. Yeah, and of course, just such a famous company that you respect. It's nice to do stuff for people like that. Is there a dream client apart from you know? I guess that is there someone else that you like somewhere that you'd love to get published or, or work with someone 
Well, I hate to say like I about the buildings, not being able to choose a favorite, but it's same with clients. Yeah. Like I just love pretty much whatever comes in, you know. Yeah. It's, I mean, from like a tiny indie book brief yeah. to a you know massive multinational, they're all sort of similar in a way, and that's an interesting exploration every time. And how does it work? Do you have like a um I guess an agent or something like that, or is it all just through you? No, I have an agent in Melbourne, yeah. the Jackie Winter Group, oh, and great. they help out with a bunch of stuff, which is good. Usually the bigger things, because it's, you know, the big guys like to have their massive contracts. And You've got to negotiate all thing. a lot. Yeah, so <laughs> it can be better to have a, someone in your court, which is nice. Of course, and you've worked a bit um, in animation. How does that differ to illustration, obviously? Still images, yeah, moving just images. Yeah, making them move, yeah. I mean, I don't do too much... Did you have to I learn? used to do it. I did it in uni and when yeah. I came straight out of UTS, I did a bunch, you know, using After Effects and different things to make little worlds that you could make things move through and stuff. And I kind of got to a point where it was, I realized I couldn't put enough effort into making it amazing. You know, you had to sort of, to, to take it to the next level, I would have had to learn almost coding to get uh, After Effects to be amazing. Yeah. It's so quite time-consuming as well, more so. Yeah. Than... And I like the time-consuming aspect yeah. of it. And I still do some really rudimentary animation just for like sharing on Instagram and stuff where I'll do draw each of the frames and make them animate. But yeah, just making like, you know, you could make a leaf curl up or something and you draw 10 frames of that just by hand and watching all your drawings to go back and forth is quite fun. But really? yeah, the, the high-end stuff, I just, we usually get other people to animate it now, which is which is Helpful. amazing too. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's exciting. You know, you do all these drawings, you make all these assets for the animator and you give them over and it comes back and it's all alive. It's sort of... That's pretty great. good. Yeah. Um, tell me about your book, The Travel Bug, mm. um, which you released earlier this year in January. How did it come about? Did you illustrate it or did you also come up with the concept and yeah, write it? At the beginning, I had this idea. I was doing these drawings while I was traveling of bits and pieces that I saw in each country, like coffee cups in Vienna and you know croissants in Paris or whatever, and they would all be sort of mashed together in different scales. So I wanted to... I started coming up with this idea of these little creatures that could be of weird scale, you know, like, and bugs are obviously quite small, so they came about. Um, but yeah, there'd be like a big crust on a little bug and then maybe a tiny Eiffel Tower and a big bus, you know, everything was sort of a bit up and down. So I came to a friend of mine who I knew was a writer and he overnight wrote this beautiful rhyming story to go with this vague concept I had and that bounced back to me and I got excited and just punched the whole book out and we got Penguin Random House onto it and Lovely. Put it out. Yeah, That's it was really good. fun. What's the book about? It's about a little bug that goes traveling around the world. He doesn't know who he is. And he kind of asks all these different bugs in different countries around the world where he fits in. And they, nobody knows. And there's a resolution at the end. That's lovely. We won't give it away. And yeah. <laughs> um, you, it's your, you've got a son, right? Yeah, a Have, five-year-old son and a one-year-old daughter. Oh, and a one-year-old daughter. Have yeah. you? Do they? Do they like the book? Yeah, he he <laughs> loves he it. She's it? a bit little, but yeah. she lo she loves anything. But he loves it. Yeah, yeah. He's picking out little details and it's just natural for him. Like I remember when he was born, I w he wouldn't sleep very well, so I had him in the carrier quite a lot and I, I did a whole book while he was in the carrier you know like wow because you can get quite a lot done when they're quite small because they sleep a lot yeah. and um it's harder when they're toddlers actually yeah. um but yeah i think it's he wasn't you know you you expect him to go wow that's amazing you made this book my <laughs> wife does that but he's like yeah you made another book that's great you know <laughs> what's the next one gonna be it's, it's you know it's just natural that i'm that's what i do i do drawings all the time and i reckon later on nice. it'll He'll 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 understand the brevity of the whole thing. Sure. Um, is he a drawer? 
Yeah, he loves it. I love his drawings too. We yeah. collaborate a lot. Oh, he's just amazing. so free, you know. He just doesn't need – oh, he's getting a bit now. He's at school. He wants to be able to do this or that, whereas just before he was – he'd just draw for the fun of it, you know. There's, you don't need to draw the car perfect. You don't need to draw the person perfect. It's just getting down stuff that feels good to get it down, and I love that. I need to – practice that more you know so having it around say, is awesome yeah it's, it'd be good to like learn from that as well like yeah. relearning i guess and do you spend most of your time in sydney or you you seem to be traveling a lot yeah not as much as we did we yeah. used to travel all the time me yep. and my wife yep. um, lived in a lot of different countries around yeah. the world but yeah now mostly it's here and back and forth to different places if work gets me to do that <laughs> which is nice it's nice to be able to travel and work that was kind of the the end goal for career Absolutely. And tell me about um, the residency that you're doing. Is it just for August, I think, at um, Rose Sidler? Yeah. How did that come about? Um, I just met the lady that runs Sydney Living Museums and we had a we got on really well. She saw my Sydney book and yep. a lot of their properties that they manage are in the book. So they wanted to do something with me and we sort of brainstormed a few things. And this idea came up where, where I go there every Sunday and try and just communicate everything that's at the house. So I'm just drawing everything really and people come and we have a chat and there's lots of uh helpers there so they have lots of information so you can be drawing like a teacup and they'll come over and <laughs> give you this long monologue about what this the significance of a teapot or whatever That's awesome. it was interesting like they were telling me a story Seidler was really you know, anal about the house like and it was for his mum and his mum moved in and she, he was like you can't bring the old Viennese china you know and he made her get rid of it but she like couldn't get rid of the teapot so she hid it in a cupboard whenever he came around and stuff sounds like a bit of a nightmare but it was it's funny he and was it's very still, specific about yeah. things and where they're placed yeah. yeah how did it go yesterday what did what did you draw it was great i did uh <laughs> lots of outside stuff you know yep. there's i even got into like the hill soist and stuff you know yeah. i love that there's this you know perfect modernist house but there's still the hill soist and there's still like a crappy tap and stuff you know um but yeah getting into the cutlery and the crockery and the chairs you know there's all Eames chairs and original butterfly chairs and stuff they're all they're all there and just they're so fun to draw because they're such curvy interesting shapes um and I think being in a museum context is great because there's no no clutter again you know it's just the chair is sitting there on this beautiful piece of carpet and it's right next to a perfect vase of lilies and stuff you know it's quite set up um so and people came and drew with me too and that's that's the point to people to come and interact and do you yourself sort of feel a bit like a museum piece, though? Oh, within that context? Yeah. Uh, no, people I think I'm making it quite casual, shoulder. you know. My attitude's pretty relaxed, you know. Yep. So I think if I wasn't there, like when I've been there just to visit, mm. it feels a bit like you're on eggshells, you know. Yeah. It's like, don't touch this, don't sit here. Whereas I'm just sort of hanging out and, you know, I do lean on a wall and draw and I think that makes people a bit more... They can touch feels the a little bit more lived yep. in, you know, maybe 5% more lived in. <laughs> <laughs> Have you done anything like this before? Uh, I mean, I've done artist in residence yeah. before where you go to a country and stay in a place yeah. and make your it's own artwork. Though. But this is quite, yeah, it's very different. relevant to the context, which is, it's great. Um, yeah, I'd like to do more of it. That's yeah. fun. I mean, I'd love to be actually in residence. That'd be amazing. Oh my God, you know? that'd be, that would be ideal. Because <laughs> that, like getting thrown in, like, even if you just were in like a little annex or something next to it, you know, just because then you're exactly. like in it all day, every day and living the feeling would be, would be interesting. You could be like, just give me the shed. I'll just stay in the shed. It's yeah, fine. totally. I'd love to yeah. stay. <laughs> um, what are you working on after your residency and for the rest of the year? 
all sorts of things. Yep. I'm just I I did a book for Lonely Planet a while ago, which was a oh, wow. fold out book for kids about how cities work. So that was the first sort of paper engineered folding book I'd done, Beautiful. and that was all sort of growth of cities and cities of the future and stuff so quite again little detailed educational drawings and can just to clarify by paper engineered you mean like sort of pop-up uh it wasn't pop-up but no? yeah flaps mainly flaps. so gate folds come out and then another flap comes out of that so once okay. you folded it out it kind of does look like a yeah. pop-up but um so we're doing another one of those so that's kicking off right now actually so that'll be interesting another one in that series That was James Gulliver-Hancock, who is an illustrator and the artist-in-residence this month at Rose Seidler House. That's all for the chat this week. If you like the show, you can subscribe to our podcast via SoundCloud or iTunes or from our website, which is 2ser.com forward slash the chat. The show is produced with the support of the University of Technology Sydney and 2SER 107.3. I'm Leah Summerglue and I'll catch you next week.